text for the sermon this morning, congregation, is Acts 1, verse 26. We'll read that verse again, Acts 1, verse 26. And they cast their lots, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, guests worshiping with us this morning too. Have you ever heard of the Apostle Matthias? The only time we find anything about him in, in the Bible is when he was chosen in Acts 1 and numbered with the other 11 apostles of the Lord to take the place of the traitor Judas, the betrayer of the Lord Jesus. Other ancient non-biblical writings claim that Matthias, the Apostle Matthias, went up to present-day Georgia in the Caucasus region and that he preached there and was martyred for, for the faith there. And his tomb is supposedly located in the ruins of an ancient Roman castle in Georgia. And some Church fathers refer to some of his writings, so he apparently also wrote some things. But the facts of where he went and what he wrote and how and where he lived and died are all pretty vague. The only reference to him, the factual reference to him in the Bible is in Acts 1, where he's chosen to be an apostle of the Lord. And maybe then you wonder, why is this even mentioned in the Bible then? This other apostle of the Lord. What does this apostle mean to us? He's here and then we know nothing more, really. Well, the Holy Spirit never included anything in the Bible for nothing. Everything, and, and you find this in certain places in the Bible too, everything was written for our instruction. Everything in the Bible was written to call us to Christ. Also this. And let's see then why Matthias is mentioned in Acts 1, and I preached to you the Word of God with this theme, Matthias is added to the 11 apostles, and we see two things, who he is and what his appointment means for us. First of all, who he is. Like, like I said before, we don't know much about him, but we do know his name. His, his parents, brothers and sisters, boys and girls, named him Matthias. That name is special. It means gift from God. It's the same, as, same meaning as the names uh, Matthew, Nathaniel, Theodore, which mean the same thing then and which are still sometimes given to children today. But parents who gave that name to a baby boy in Israel wanted to say something with that name. 
They wanted to express that they saw their child as given by God. Maybe they had waited a long time for a child. And then this one was born, and they saw him in particular as a gift from God. Most likely, they also gave that name because they wanted that boy to grow up with a name that always reminded him that he was a covenant child of God. And that's a beautiful thing. Whatever the reason they gave that boy that name, we do know that, the, that faith in the God of Israel was important to his parents. And when John the Baptist was baptizing people in the Jordan, Matthias was there. So we know he grew up in faith. He was there according to Acts 1 verse 22. Because he was there from the beginning, from the baptism of John. That's one of the requirements for an apostle mentioned by Peter. He had to be a man who accompanied Jesus and his disciples, beginning from the baptism of John. We don't know if Matthias let himself be baptized by John too. The Bible doesn't tell us anything about that. What we do know is that he did what John preached. He listened to John's passionate preaching about the coming of the kingdom and the coming of the Savior, and in repentance, Matthias prepared himself for that kingdom and for that Savior. John had preached repentance at his covenant child whose parents had named him Matthias, gift from God. He also understood that God sought repentance from his covenant children too, also from him. And after Jesus' baptism by John, Matthias had also become a follower of Jesus. I don't know if he was present at Jesus' first miracle, the turning of water into wine at that wedding in Cana, John 2, but we can safely assume that he witnessed most of what Jesus had done and pretty well heard everything that Jesus had taught. And Matthias had believed in Jesus, in the Lord Jesus. He became one of the larger circle of Jesus' disciples who followed him wherever he went. And from that circle from whom Jesus chose 12 to become his apostles. Maybe Matthias had been disappointed that he wasn't one of the 12. We don't know. Jesus had included Judas among those 12. Even though he knew Judas would be the one to betray him in the end. Maybe Matthias was one of the 70 disciples Jesus sent out to proclaim the gospel and cast out demons in Jesus' name, as related in Luke 10. And then, while many who followed Jesus later turned away from him, Matthias did not. 
He continued to believe in Jesus and to follow him, to listen to him, to watch him. And when Jesus went to Jerusalem for the last time, he went to Bethany at nights with the, with the twelve to spend the night with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, his friends. But during the daytime, when he went into the city, a larger group of disciples followed him there. And that last week, think of Mary Magdalene and the other women who were with Jesus, even to his crucifixion. Think of Cleopas and his friend who Jesus later met on the road to Emmaus. They had also been with that group of disciples who accompanied Jesus in Jerusalem before his crucifixion. Matthias had also been there in Jerusalem. He was proposed as apostle in Acts 1, after all, because along with the other apostles, he also was a witness. He was a witness to Christ's words and works, but in particular, a witness of Christ's resurrection. That doesn't mean that he was actually there when Jesus rose from the tomb on Easter morning, but it does mean that he was one of the people who knew Jesus well and who saw him alive after his, his resurrection. Maybe Matthias was among the 500 people to whom Jesus revealed himself at one time after his resurrection, as, as that's related by the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15. The thing is, we do know he was a witness to the fact that Jesus had physically risen from the dead. I don't know if Matthias was there when Jesus physically ascended into heaven, but undoubtedly he was with the believers when they gathered together in that upper room in Jerusalem afterwards to pray and to talk about everything that had happened with those 120 souls. And then later on something happened that changed Matthias's life in a very big way. The apostle Peter stood up among the 120 souls there in Jerusalem on a certain day, and he stated that the number of apostles had to be restored. There had to be 12. There were only 11 left after Judas. The Apostle Thomas had expressed that he couldn't believe that Jesus had risen from the dead, but Jesus himself had convinced Thomas of that a week later. Peter had denied that he knew Jesus, but Jesus had reinstated him as apostle after his resurrection. You remember when he asked Peter three times, do you, do you love me, Peter? And then he told him to shepherd his sheep. But Judas, Judas, who had betrayed his master with a kiss in Gethsemane, Judas could not be restored to his place among the twelve anymore. In fact, Peter saw in Judas the enemy who wanted to destroy the king mentioned in Psalm 69, and that's that quote there in Acts 1, Psalm 69, the enemy about whom 100, Psalm 109, which we sang together just earlier on, about whom Psalm 109 says that his office would be given to another, his place, position. 
So someone else had to be chosen by the Lord Jesus himself to replace Judas and to make the number 12. And that's how Matthias enters the picture. Along with Joseph called Barsabas, he had been with Jesus from the beginning and he was a witness to his resurrection and so he was put forward by the church with Joseph and the lot was cast and thus Jesus himself chose Matthias as apostle to take Judas's place. The only place the lot is mentioned in the New Testament. From then on, Matthias had the calling and the task as apostle to preach and teach the gospel of the risen Lord Jesus Christ. That's all we know about Matthias for sure. Still surprising what, what you can know from one passage. But the question still remains, why did the Spirit want us also today, when we open the Bible today, why did he want us to know about this apostle? And that brings us to the second part of the sermon this morning, what Matthias' appointment as apostle means for us. You realize from what we read, the number 12 was very important here. Peter said that one of the men who was with Jesus from the beginning had to become a witness with the 11 of Christ's resurrection. Matthias was appointed to bring the number of apostles back to 12 again. Why was that so necessary to have 12? Why couldn't there just be 11 now? <clears throat> 12 is a nice even number. Six times two. But 12 is also a number you come across more often in the Bible. Israel had 12 tribes. There were 12 patriarchs and 12 tribes. And Jesus consciously chose 12 apostles. Not 11, not 13 or 14, he, 12. And then he even connected those 12 apostles to the 12 tribes. We read about that in Matthew 19. He said his 12, to his 12 apostles, Assuredly I say to you that in the regeneration, in the new world, when the Son of Man sits on the throne of his glory, you who have followed me, will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Interesting that he connects that, them together like that. And the thing is, congregation, number 12 in the Bible represents the whole people of God. By appointing 12 apostles, the Lord Jesus was making a, an appeal to the whole nation of Israel. He had come in the place, first place for those 12 tribes. And then through them, through those 12 tribes, he wanted to 
bring salvation to the other nations of the world as well and bring them into his church and kingdom. After all, that's the job he gave his apostles just before he ascended into heaven. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. <clears throat> Jesus wanted to gather his whole church out of all nations and tongues and tribes. And then the church he calls the Israel of God. The whole church, Old and New Testament. That's where there had to be a, a new apostle to make that number 12 that represents the fullness of God's people complete. His whole elect congregation had to be gathered into his kingdom, beginning with Israel, those 12 tribes, but now including people from every nation. Later on, the apostle John, <clears throat> as we read in Revelation 21, John saw the new Jerusalem descending out of heaven to the earth. The bride of Christ, the bride, the church, the elect of God. And that city of God has 12 gates with the names of the 12 tribes of Israel written on them. And then that wall of the city, that wall of the city has 12 foundations with the names of the 12 apostles written on them. So you see that, that number 12 represents the fullness of all those whom for, the, uh, for whom the Lord Jesus died and rose again. And again, how was that whole church, that whole congregation of God's elect, how was that going to come about? Peter said that that new 12th man was supposed to be a witness of Christ's resurrection. Verse 22, to become a witness with us of his resurrection, he says. Well, that's how that people of the Lord was going to come about too, that fullness of that people of the Lord. Those 12 apostles were the official witnesses who could testify, who would testify in their teaching and in their writing to Christ's resurrection from the dead. They knew him well before his death. And they had seen and spoken and even eaten with him after his resurrection. And that's proof from those 12 witnesses, from 12 witnesses that Jesus lives. He is victorious over sin and death and he lives. It proves that he is God's Son, and it's evidence of his victory for his own. It shows that you need to believe in him. He rose from the dead after he died for your sins. In him you're reconciled with God. With him you have forgiveness. With him you have life, eternal life. After you die, then your life continues. And after the last day, your body will rise glorified like Jesus' body after his resurrection, and be reunited with your soul to live with God in eternity. 
And you see, the apostles were witnesses of that resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and therefore we can be sure and certain about all of those things. That's what the 11, and then also plus Matthias, that's what they proclaim to everyone in Jerusalem. And that's later what they tell in Judea, Samaria, and the other countries too. And their testimony continues today wherever the gospel, the apostolic gospel is proclaimed, whether it's here or in Papua New Guinea or in Quebec or in Africa, China, everywhere, it's written down in the New Testament by those 12 apostles and their assistants. It's recorded here by those witnesses via Matthias and the other 11 apostles. We know for sure that Jesus rose victorious from the grave after he had paid for our sins on the cross. They saw him, touched him, ate with him. And so we realize that we need to embrace Christ as Savior, as the Savior of our lives, with him and him alone who rose there is forgiveness and everlasting life for certain. Again, Peter stated that the apostle to replace Judas had to be a man who had accompanied Jesus and the others from the time of John's baptism on. Somebody who knew Jesus well, somebody who could testify it was really him who had risen from the dead. Someone who had been with Jesus throughout his ministry, a man who had seen Jesus' sufferings, not only on the cross, but how he had borne the wrath of God against our sins throughout his whole life. Someone who had heard most of Jesus' teaching, had taken it to heart. Someone who then also realized that the gospel had to go out to all nations. Someone who could understand that the risen Lord now wants to bring people from all nations into his church and kingdom, into his Israel. Someone then who also sought eagerly for the power of the Spirit to come upon the church so that that kingdom might come to fullness. Someone who would come into action for that kingdom. To action. And you see, that's why this book in which we find our text this morning is called The Acts of the Apostles. The twelve apostles worked for the coming of Christ's kingdom to fullness. We don't read about all of them, but we can know that they all worked at the coming of Christ's kingdom to fullness. And that that work of the apostles is being carried on by the church today when it brings the word of the apostles and the prophets. Maybe we can think that there's life for us to live and enjoy and that, that this life is for us to live and enjoy, and that's what it's about, especially when the summer vacation is coming and we can take time to relax. But every day, congregation, is a day closer to the coming of the Lord and the fullness of his kingdom. People are being gathered in. And then he seeks our enthusiasm, our devotion, our living for him, our participation in church, our personal reaching out to our neighbors, our support and prayer for mission too. All these things belong to the coming of his kingdom, to the return of the Lord for his great harvest. We need to live and to, to broadcast the words of those 12, the testimony of those 12 apostles too. 
Matthias understood that. Matthias, he understood. He knew Jesus. He understood Jesus' words about his kingdom, living in his kingdom. He understood from John the Baptist that repentance is needed to be truly part of the coming kingdom. You can't live the way you did before. It's normal here not to be completely honest, but that's not what living in Christ's kingdom is about. You need to be honest. And the unforgiving words which so easily come out of our mouths don't belong with kingdom people. And greed and indifference are not part of that kingdom. Matthias had witnessed Jesus' life. He had heard Jesus' instruction about kingdom life, about divorce and how it was not so in the beginning, about murder and how hatred and desire of revenge are also murder. How it would be better to cut off a hand if it causes to sin than to enter hell with two hands. Better to enter the kingdom with one hand to be cast out into outer darkness with two hands. Yes, whoever turns to the Lord Jesus can be certain of the forgiveness of all their sins. That risen Lord, they believe in him. They want to leave their sins behind too. See, all this is what Matthias proclaimed and taught along with the other 11 apostles, the teachings of the Lord Jesus, which he had heard, which he had seen in action. And he filled that empty place left by Judas so that there were again those 12 apostles who had the task to convince the whole nation of Israel and, and then people throughout the whole world that Jesus lives, that he forgives, that he's coming again with the fullness of his kingdom. And so the choosing of Matthias was necessary in order that the walls around the new Jerusalem would have a solid 12-layered foundation. And there's another reason why the 12 had to be complete, why Judas specifically had to be replaced. Later on, in the book of Acts, chapter 12, we're told that the apostle James was brutally put to death by Herod to please the Jewish leaders. He was beheaded. And eventually all 12 apostles died. And the time came and there were no more apostles. But their, their job was done. Their witness was passed on via others. And we have it on paper in the New Testament. The twelve are now in heaven. Also Matthias, who replaced Judas. If he had not replaced Judas, then Jesus' words in Matthew 19 would not be fulfilled. Remember, he said that the, the apostles would sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Twelve apostles are necessary in heaven. On the last day. And that's because along with Jesus, they will judge the twelve tribes, the whole church. We don't read much about this in the Bible, but it's clear that around Jesus' judgment seat, there will also be those other twelve seats or thrones when Jesus comes in judgment, it'll be on the basis of the testimony of those 12 apostles as it's found here in the, in the Bible. Those 12 will second Jesus' judgment in every case, in other words. 
And not only will the tribes of Israel be judged then, you and I will also come before that judgment seat of Christ with those, with those 12 seats around it. You and I will come before that judgment, those judgment seats. And on one of those judgment seats will be Matthias. He will be sitting there too. And he'll look us in the eye too. He'll look you and me in the eye too. And he'll say to us, what did you do with our testimony of Christ's resurrection and victory? Did you truly believe that you have everything in Christ? Do you believe that there is forgiveness and life in him alone? And did you then live for him too? Amen.